This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast with... Megan Barcelia. And Christopher Gonzalez. We are here at the Sonoma State Student Center. We've just finished a rousing session of Line Dance Club. Good stuff was on the playlist tonight. We uh, had a an extra special teacher of Rhythm Inside by Darren Bailey. Uh, Megan guided them through that one, all 64 counts, followed by a nice uh, light beginner dance, classic Cowgirls Twist by Bill Bader. We reviewed Your Welcome by, I believe, Tyler Giles, uh, Moves Like Jagger by Bracken, Baby Oh Baby by Brian McWhorter, and then we danced Man in the Mirror, Babylon, Turbo Twang, Got Your Number, Rhyme of Reason, and Boots, and of course Turbo Twang was set to... Burn it to the ground by Nickelback, as it is done in Southern California. Getting into this travel season, we have all kinds of trips coming up. We've got Windy City Line Dance Mania coming up in a little over a week. And then in November, we've got a couple days in Vegas and New York State of Line immediately after that. And we're hoping to get to Florida Line Dance Classic, although I've heard that the hotel is sold out, something like that. Or at least maybe it's just the block. Uh, the the JC block, and then we can talk with Jen, and maybe she can give us more information on that. Definitely, um, and then after that, we have. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be going to Worlds this year, but uh, we're definitely doing Palm Springs in January, um, and hopefully Desert Dance as well. And Desert Dance as well. So going into this this changing weather and cold season, Megan did some scouring of the web to keep us all safe and happy. So last year um, in Chicago, unfortunately, for whatever reason, my immune system did not hold up the way I wished it would. It's the only um, event that I've gone to thus far in which that was the case. So I'm very, very grateful for that. So this year I've taken a couple extra precautions. Um, I got a flu shot for the first time ever. So we'll see if that has any help whatsoever. Um, but I decided as I was working in the pharmacy today, go figure, to do a little research on how to stay healthy while traveling. Because we all know that the long hours and the you know recirculated air in airplanes and the lack of sleep that we're all about to you know ensue upon and whatnot definitely make it a little bit harder to stay healthier. So um, here are some of the articles that we have and uh, some tips and tricks for you. Mm-hmm. We also recommend that you check out the Line Dance podcast archives for any similar episodes we may have done in the past. We have all new, all fresh articles for you this time around. This one comes from Mapping Megan. I did not plan that. I did not plan com. that. <laughs> <laughs> MappingMegan.com. Travel tips, ways to stay healthy before travel. <clears throat> there are a myriad of articles online providing tips for staying healthy while traveling abroad. Stay active, wash your hands, eat well, be cautious of the tap water. However, staying healthy should start at home before you depart for overseas. Travel can put real pressure on our immune system, even if it's for fun. The stress, breaking the routine, plastic, quote, unquote, in-flight food, jet lag, exposure to sick people, and environmental toxins. These all take their toll. So, while washing hands with soap and using hand sanitizer while you're away are all great tips, these practices won't stop you from getting sick if you have a weak immune system before you go. A strong immune system will keep you healthy despite everyone else coughing and sneezing around you, and will protect you from that bacteria circling through the airline AC. So, it's important to take care of your immune system whether traveling for business or pleasure. And if you prefer to spend your time abroad doing what you love rather than being sick in bed, there are a few things you can do to prepare your immune system by staying healthy before you travel. And then there's this big thing in the middle of the article that says, Healthy travel tips, ways to stay healthy before travel, avoid getting sick overseas. You can hover over these or any images to quickly pin it. Scrolling down. How to strengthen your immune system before you travel. Your immune system is your body's defense against infection and illness. It recognizes the cells that make up your body and will try to get rid of anything unfamiliar. It destroys germs, bacteria and viruses, and parasites. If your immune system is weak, it allows germs and parasites to take hold and you get sick. 
A strong immune system can't be built overnight. You should try to maintain a healthy digestive system and keep stress levels in check most of the time. Make strengthening your immune system a priority two weeks before holiday travel time. A few things to consider. Maintain a healthy diet. Eat high-protein, high-fiber, low-carb meals, which are easy to digest, with plenty of fresh veggies. Like any fighting force, the immune system army marches on its stomach. Immune system warriors need good, regular nourishment. If you find you're having trouble with eating enough protein, products like grass-fed whey protein powder can be a great way to supplement this into your diet. Grass-fed protein is used to build lean muscle and aid recovery. Eat fermented foods, sauerkraut, pickles, yogurt, which contain probiotics. Take extra vitamin C and B to naturally boost your immune system too. Drink at least 8 glasses of 8 ounces of water per day. Rehydrate with water, not soda, while traveling. So, I am definitely proud of us because we've actually been implementing a healthier diet without reading this article first. Um, I know that you, you've been doing your own thing, and I'll let you discuss that in a little bit. But um, I actually have a protein shake and a meal replacement shake that has all kinds of it's uh, organic grass and whatnot compounds and added to it. Um, and since implementing that into my diet, I have felt more alert and I've felt more coherent and I've had a little bit more energy. Um, I also have a recovery drink that I drink right at, within 30 minutes after um, working out to help uh, rehydrate my muscles faster so that they have uh, less soreness to them. Um, I know that although today I'm currently drinking a... Um, a hot chocolate from our Starbucks because I am still caffeine free, which I'm sure is probably a good thing with the healthy diet. Um, but I actually, for lunch today, I had salmon, rice, and seaweed, so sushi roll, and I had some steak. <laughs> And because I really couldn't decide on what I wanted, I also had some of um, organic, um, the brand is Amy's, um, it's organic cheese raviolis as well, and I have this one giant water bottle that I leave at work so that I can constantly refill it all day long. And I wouldn't say I'm up to eight ounces or eight glasses of eight ounces of water per day, but I definitely drink more water in the last, I'm going to say starting about a week and a half, two weeks ago than I used to. So at least I'm starting. That's the important thing. Yeah, this morning, I also had sushi left over from uh, the bonanza of food we bought yesterday. And... Was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was the day before. Could have been the day before, yeah. Yeah, because we had sushi yesterday at uh, the social as well. Right, right. Yes. And the thought process was buying it on Saturday night would give us lots to pick at on Sunday during the social. Mm -hmm. And yet there was still more for breakfast today. I had salmon on top of rice. And my pre-workout, which I had uh, consumed immediately upon waking, has a whole bunch of extra B vitamins in there. Uh, as they mentioned in this article. I also, with my meal, um, took my multivitamin. So there's your vitamin C as well as um, after that, I after I did my, my workout, um, I had the protein that they mentioned. Uh, it was, I believe today, it was two scoops of combat protein powder, whey protein, with at least 16, it was about 16 ounces of soy milk, so lots of protein in there. And about three tablespoons of olive oil, three tablespoons of chia seeds, more protein there. And then to help wash out the bottle after I finished it, because I don't want, you know, a bunch of protein powder stuff just like you know, sitting inside. But I also wasn't ready to rinse it yet. I put some orange juice in there and shook it up. So there's additional vitamin C and uh, it also, you know, helps break down the oil that's on the side of the bottle before... Uh, rinsing it. 
So let's see. Did I miss anything? Veggies. Did I have any veggies today? I didn't have a whole lot of veggies. I had some water today. Not not as much as I have in past stretches. So yeah, the closest to veggies I had, I think yesterday I had carrots. And is cucumber a veggie? Yes. No, no, cucumber. Yeah. Hey, there's <laughs> your fiber too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, fermented foods. I had two different yogurts today because uh, Trader Joe's is now doing the whole seasonal thing yeah and they had pumpkin greek yogurt oh protein as well and apple caramel greek yogurt i had both of those with my cereal for uh lunch today so yeah wow this was a good day to pick this article because (laughs) i just seemed to make all the right choices yep oh and uh speaking of workout i'm sure that you have something to say about this as well the next section is on exercise and uh, as mentioned, I, I had a bit of a morning workout today. Exercise. Be as active as possible to maintain proper blood circulation and a healthy weight. Regular exercise is one of the pillars of healthy living. It improves cardiovascular health, lowers blood pressure, helps control body weight, and protects against a variety of diseases. Just like a healthy diet, exercise can contribute to general good health and therefore to a healthy immune system. By maintaining good blood flow and circulation, you are allowing the cells and substances of the immune system to move through the body freely and do their job efficiently. It only takes 30 minutes of aerobic exercise, a brisk walk counts, to sweep white blood cells back into circulation, making your immune system run more smoothly. So immediately, one can say, line dance is a great way of exercising, which is really just fun with a side of exercise. And it also maybe enriches your musical knowledge, um, sort of extracurricularly in a in a separate subset of exercise that has nothing to do with dance. Uh, I have been doing the lifting of heavy things. Uh, <laughs> I was a little more active on it before we did our travels in July. So between June and July, I was really on it, and then travel just kind of disrupted the the routine in a way that uh, I would not have preferred. But you know. I'm back on the horse, I guess you can say. Back in the saddle. Back in the saddle again. And you have been uh, doing your own workouts, uh, I think partly inspired by uh, the instructor in Colorado who is lucky enough to work with Ms. Joe Thompson-Smansky. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I love Karen. She's amazing. Um, yeah, I've been so backing up a little bit. There's my thought. Okay. So we dance almost every single day, anytime we can. Like it is certainly one of those things that I will actually go over a few dances during my lunch breaks, even, you know, like just to make sure I still have something or if I'm planning on teaching something, making sure I know what I'm teaching. Then we have Mondays and Wednesdays where we teach at line dance club and we get to dance and then we have thursdays which in the morning i teach with dolly's class and then on thursday nights i teach at either hot monk or twin oaks um and then typically we say we take fridays and tuesdays off mostly but we don't we still generally meet up and at least go over a few dances um, I know we went over a few dances when I had to call out of work while my car wasn't starting, and we learned a few dances then too. Um, I had we had uh, events on Saturday night where we taught line dancing. We had the social in which we were helping host um, this on Sunday, so I was definitely you definitely had me working. You were the DJ, and I was kind of the instructor wall lead person. And I was definitely dancing almost all of them. There's probably like maybe four or five dances total in the three, three and a half hours or whatever it was that I didn't dance. Um, and then after that, we went to campus and reviewed a bunch of dances and learned a few dances. So it's definitely one of those things that keeps us busy. I also have several different workouts that I do at home, which have been totally destroying me. I am I am sore a lot. It's definitely one of those things where I have recently discovered muscles that I forgot that there was muscles in that place. 
Um, it's a, I actually use uh, Jillian Michaels and it's an app on my phone and you can customize it. And I'm currently uh, using her, um, her arm workout, which is her arms, shoulder and back, and then her leg workout, which the downside is on your supposed rest days, it's actually the alternative. <laughs> so when I'm on my rest days for my legs, she's working my arms. And when I'm on my rest day for my arms, she's working my legs. So I don't really take a rest day, which is probably not the smartest thing, which is probably why I'm sore. But um, I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it. If you were too rested, you wouldn't be Megan. <laughs> true story. <laughs> you get more done this way. It, it is very true. Um but I'm really enjoying it. And like I said, I'm feeling better eating right and working out. I, I definitely have more, like I, like I said, I, I feel clear when I'm awake. So yeah, I ha- highly recommend doing whatever little bit you can. And even if you only dance your favorite dance, you know, once a day, it's better than not doing anything. Up next we have, get plenty of good quality sleep. At least eight hours each night. Sleep deprivation can weaken the immune system and make it more vulnerable to developing an illness. Sleep produces more natural levels of melatonin, restoring the immune system. The perfect example. College students who get sick after pulling all-nighters cramming for exams. This is a little short paragraph here. Uh, I actually do take melatonin before I go to sleep. Because I got a bottle at Costco some time ago and it'll take me... A very long time to finish the entire thing, so I figure, well, since I already have them, might as well keep taking them. Uh, I bought blackout curtains for my room recently. I previously had towels as curtains because I just moved into the place and they didn't have curtains already. The blackout curtains are more effective. I I will say that for keeping light out. Um, Last night, I wouldn't say I got a full eight hours or even seven and a half hours, but I did feel fairly rested by the time I woke up. And... I have a couple of alarms set on my uh, vibrating alarm clock. Uh, It's the kind that uh, is usually used for uh, folks who are hard of hearing. For me, it's just because I don't like loud noises when I wake up. It's very immediately stressful when you wake up, like, oh, my God, what's going on? Um, And one of them is set for 6.30. Sometimes I I set that one, but usually I set the other one, which is 7.30. And when that goes off, um, there's a little disc attached to a wire attached to the clock and it rumbles uh, wherever it is that you have stashed it. And I have it near the head of my bed under the fitted sheet. So um, when, when it goes off, the whole bed shakes a little, but there's no sound other than the rumbling. So it just kind of nudges me to, to wake up or like you know, thinking of, think about getting up. And the wire is long enough that if I really wanted to make it difficult for myself... I could move the clock far away from my bed and the, the wire would still reach me. So I'd have to get up and walk to turn the thing off. And of course, once you're on your feet, you're awake. Um, I've heard the whole thing about don't have a lot of screen time before you go to sleep because the blue light keeps you up. So generally speaking, you know, I, I avoid, I don't, I don't like make it a, a, a goal or anything to like get a lot of Facebook, Instagram, whatever time right before I go to sleep. I try to avoid it, but you know, it, it happens when it happens. Uh, but generally speaking, that's a good idea not to have a lot of that. Uh, it makes your brain real stimulated. Uh, I, I don't have caffeine after a certain hour. Past afternoon, I know that it's going to disrupt my sleep, so I don't do that. Oh, and a huge thing. I bought a bed recently. I was sleeping on... Um, Two very nice, very fancy, deluxe, quilted, memory foam dog beds from Costco that I just pushed together to make sort of a twin bed mattress shape. Uh, And this was what I switched to after I returned my air mattress that I was using for a while. Um, But now, now that I've moved into my new place, I have an actual bed frame. Like, it's elevated off the floor. You can put stuff under it. It's amazing. Um, and I have a tuft and needle mattress. Uh, it was highly recommended on Reddit. Many people who had bought it said it was the best sleep of their life, and it seems to be some kind of memory foam. I have no complaints so far. It's certainly not you know, to the level of any of the really, really fancy hotel beds we've stayed at before uh, at these various trips, but you know, 
for for the price and for the portability it it's all right um so little by little i'm trying to you know extend the the number of hours of sleep i get and do whatever i can to improve the quality of that sleep so unfortunately for me, this is the one area in which I have the most potential of development because I've always, as long as I can remember, have had issues when it comes to sleeping. Um, as a child, you couldn't wake me up. As an adult, you can't get me to go to sleep. I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I've always had issues with sleep. Um, I think one of the things is no matter what, my brain is always just so stimulated and so just thinking about it because I don't have any time during the day to think about things. So when I think about things, it's at night. Um, and so a lot of times I will actually fall asleep while watching a movie I have like my go-to movies that I know that if I get to a certain point in the movie and I'm still awake, I'm going to watch the whole movie. So then I turn that movie off and I'd switch to a different one. Um, but I also know that like if I'm out before, you know, like if I've like I said, like there's certain scenes that like I know if I'm getting sleepy by this scene, I'm going to be out in time. And so like I pass out to the movie and then of course I have it set so that it like once the movie's done, it just turns everything off so that I don't have to worry about it while I'm asleep. It doesn't wake me up because it's on loop or something like that um, or because there's still screens flashing or whatever, you know, four hours later. Um, when it comes to, uh, like, sleep, I generally, if I'm lucky, I get about six hours to seven hours of sleep. Um, I have an alarm clock that's similar to yours, except it's obnoxious because it vibrates. It doesn't shake the bed. It vibrates. So it has this like buzzing sound and it's like, it's so annoying that it wakes me up, but it's not in the stressful way that like the actual like buzzing, like alarm sound that like startles you awake it's just it's obnoxious and you're like oh my god just stop <laughs> so um it's it was like ten dollars off of amazon or whatever and it's actually portable so it's actually meant for travel so it's meant so that like for instance if we go to chicago i could take it with me because it's an app on my phone there's no actual alarm clock piece um i wanted to see if it would work before I ended up spending the 30 or $40 that it costs for like an item like what you have for your alarm clock. But I liked the idea of it because of the fact that I really don't like when the alarm is, you know, buzzing and going off. Um, it, it, it doesn't either a, I will sleep through it or B, it will shock me awake and that's just uncomfortable. And then you're kind of like jolted. And it's the same idea like for me, like when you wake up and you're like, oh no, what time is it? Am I late for whatever I'm doing kind of situation? Um, it's that startle that just doesn't set right. You can't ease into your morning, which is so nice. Um, I work at 1030 every morning. Um, the early mornings I have to wake up are typically on Thursday mornings cause Dolly's class starts at nine. And then on Saturday mornings, I'm up as early as like five o'clock, depending on where I'm working and when the event is with Jeff. Um, fortunately this last Saturday, the event started at five o'clock at night. So I didn't have to be up at any certain time. So I have my alarm set. Um, for eight o'clock in the morning, which is several hours before I have to be up, which is nice because then I can sit in bed and just kind of relax. I can, you know, get up, brush my teeth. I can go grab something to eat if I want. Um, I typically am pretty good about not checking my phone for at least the first half hour that I'm awake. Uh, sometimes, it's one of the first things I do because for whatever reason, like I hear an, the noise of like a notification. And so I'm like, okay, well, what's that? 
Um, but a lot of the times I'm pretty good about like that first half hour, just kind of like letting my body and my mind slowly wake up, which I think is really, really good. I think they recommend like no screens for the first hour, I think is what a lot of people have said once you wake up. But I generally have about a half an hour before my curiosity and my lifeline and everything else is right there. So, uh, yeah, that would be where I'm at. So hopefully I can work on getting sleep. The one thing I do know is even though I close down the ballrooms at events, I get the best rest at events. I don't know if it's their beds or if it's just because I've danced myself into sleep because I'm so exhausted, but I definitely get the best rest while I'm, I'm traveling. So I'm looking forward to Chicago. Mm. <laughs> Up next is an easy one. Don't smoke. Don't smoke, and don't be around your friends when they do. Smoking is obviously terrible for the whole body, though secondhand smoke can be just as harmful. Avoid secondhand smoke as much as you can, including spending time with people while they smoke. Encourage anyone in your everyday life, husband, co-workers, or neighbor friends, to quit. For this, I would recommend looking up one of those videos online with the, um, the jar and the cotton balls. Uh, that simulates or that's meant to simulate a person's lungs uh, after they've smoked for a long period of time. And what they do is they have a, a pump so the air is pulled into the cotton ball zone uh, and uh, a cigarette, a burning cigarette, is at one end of the uh, a tube leading into that so that the smoke that a normal human would be smoking uh, would coat all the cotton balls in the inside. Afterward, when they open the the glass uh, case and and spread all the cotton balls out you can see all the tar and just nasty gunk that's on um, the surfaces of all these cotton balls uh, if you imagine that being in your body it really makes you cringe they also slice open the tube and they just kind of uh, run their finger across the inside of the the, the tube, yeah, as you were mentioning, the tar um, to show what kind of goop is there on just lining the walls of the tube uh, when most of the focus is on on the cotton balls, like, it, it's everywhere once that smoke enters your body it gets everywhere yeah um, I definitely do not smoke I generally prefer not to be around when people are smoking or if I am I'm a few feet away from them trying to be you know upwind of wherever their smoke is headed um i do know that some of my friends have convinced themselves that using the vape pens are better for them and i actually i i know we spent a weekend with a couple of our friends and one of them uses the vape pen and I got sick that weekend because we were around them the whole weekend in the car traveling. And I remember, I remember my my uh, I got a really really sore throat, and like you know, I, like I said, I got sick. And definitely makes a difference when you're used to not being around that kind of stuff. And although it might smell pretty, that doesn't mean it's good for you. All right. Next up, we have throw out the antibiotics. Those who are addicted to antibiotics at the first sign of a runny nose can often make themselves resistant to these drugs over time, causing more serious infections. Researchers found that certain patients taking antibiotics had reduced levels of cytokines, or cytokines, the hormone messengers of the immune system. When your immune system is suppressed, you're more likely to develop resistant bacteria or become sick in the future. Take antibiotics only for bacterial infections. Use them right away and take the entire course. Don't use antibiotics preventatively unless prescribed by your doctor. And don't save or share unfinished courses. Also, I think I added an extra T. It should be preventively, not preventatively. <laughs> also, I, I, I neglected to mention earlier, along with the uh, yogurts that I had, I bought and have not consumed yet uh, a fall seasonal kombucha uh, from Trader Joe's and one of the the things that I especially enjoy about kombucha in addition to the variety of flavors and I'm starting to get used to like the weirdness of the taste and you know, I like that it's supposed to be good for your gut because there's bacteria and whatever but I think the most fun thing about kombucha is just pronouncing kombucha <laughs> <laughs> alright so 
as someone who works in a pharmacy, this is a pretty big deal for me. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely am a huge, huge, huge advocate of taking antibiotics only for bacterial infections and using all of them. That's why, generally speaking, they they actually write until gone on the bottle themselves just so that you know you're supposed to take it for all of the duration of it. Um, a lot of times they'll also put like four, seven days and they give you just enough for seven days at the, you know, the dosage per day that you're supposed to take. So for instance, you know, if it's three a day, you get 21 pills for seven days. Um, and definitely don't share them. <laughs> you're not supposed to share your drugs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of things where I, I think medication has been abused a lot over the last so many years. And I think People need to start being aware that because you're taking these medications, you are building up a tolerance to the medication. So the medication is less likely to work the more you take it. Um, I I really, really try hard not to take a lot of medication. Um, I mean, like, I think I take one Aleve every couple of weeks, if that. And that's when I'm in so much pain that, like, I just don't even want to get out of bed. And that's generally because, you know, I did something silly and I pulled a muscle or tweaked my back or I have a migraine or something like that. The rest of the time, it's just pain that I just kind of deal with that reminds me, oh, yeah, you're still alive. <laughs> um so I'm definitely a big advocate of taking what's necessary when there's no alternative and um, using it as prescribed. Next up, minimize your stress. The relationship between your mind and body are closely linked, and a wide variety of illnesses, including stomach upset, hives, and even heart disease, are linked to the effects of emotional stress. If you can maintain a positive attitude and a good outlook on life, this may be good for your health. One study of law students showed that their immune systems kept pace with their thoughts about how tough school would be. When they felt better about school, they had a better immune system. When they were worried, their immune system slowed. The upshot? Looking on the bright side might better equip your body to fight illnesses. I like it. I'm definitely a search for the positive kind of girl. And I like the idea of dancing it brings you all kinds of good endorphins and makes you feel good. And I don't think I've ever really met a dancer that feels bad, that isn't happy while they're dancing. So I use that as a huge out um, outlet for stress as well as, for instance, I had an extremely busy day at work today where I was go, 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 go. So I knew that tonight I wanted to balance it out by making sure line dance club was as fun as I could make it. Uh, one basic philosophy that I like the idea of for not over committing yourself and then feeling like you're letting everyone down when you're not doing all the things they would like you to do is, um, Heck yes. exactly. It was originally, uh, phrased as like, F and then three other letters, yes or no, but uh, I prefer heck yes or no. <laughs> and the idea is if somebody's asking you, hey, can you do this thing or would you want to do this thing? And you're not like, oh, absolutely. That's like the best thing I could possibly do with my time. If I were doing that, I wouldn't trade that for anything. If you're not saying that to yourself, just don't do it. Don't commit to it because then that takes up time that could have been filled with some other opportunity that you have now aced out or that you stopped looking for because you filled the time. If you didn't fill the time and you thought, well, I've got three hours, like just sitting there. Well now, first of all, you can't complain to people. I have no time to this or that because there's the three hours sitting, staring you in the face on your calendar. And also if you're really looking to fill that with something and you don't really need to just 
stare at a wall and and take that time to like decompress if you're not going to do that at least think about your real priorities and what you would like to do above all else and find a way to do that and uh, that will fill each day with those three hour slots in each day with things that you would like to be doing with your life because all those things add up and that makes you who you are that makes your daily life what it is don't just fill it with a bunch of fluff because you feel like you have to say heck yes or nah all right up next maintain good oral health many people overlook oral health when it comes to preventing a cold but it can play a big role in your overall health brushing flossing and using antiseptic mouthwash before your trip will keep bacteria away pro tip Remember when traveling that if the tap water in your destination is not good to drink, you shouldn't brush your teeth with it either. Source bottled water or use a filtration device first. I do brush and floss. I use uh, floss picks lately. I've been uh, testing those out. I grew up with regular floss and binding that around my fingers. Um, I find that that can become slippery sometimes. It can also use way more floss than the active space I'm actually using. Uh, and also sometimes it can make me lose circulation in my fingertips. <laughs> so uh, I bought my first bag of floss picks and they've been working out okay. Yeah, I love my floss tips. <laughs> tips. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I need to get back into using mouthwash in the morning and at night again. Um, I brush my teeth typically every morning, every night. Um, and I use like, you know, the floss picks, which I really, really enjoy. I have a, a stash in my bathroom. I have a stash in my car just in case. Um, I just, I really like them and I definitely make sure to pack them. So I, I know I never really liked using the, just the floss tape itself, because like you were saying how it like cuts off circulation. And I always felt like it was a waste. Like I was using so much more than I needed to. And although it's so little, it's like a thread. It's still like, I felt like I was wasting product. You mentioned morning and night and I grew up just flossing at night. But, uh, one thing that my mom taught me when I was working at a school, uh, an elementary school for a year, uh, was that the kids notice everything. And if she comes in and she like drank a coffee on the way to work, like the kids, when, when she's helping a student with something, they'll say like, you know, Miss Gonzalez, you smell like coffee or something like that. Like they, they don't mind telling you what you smell like. <laughs> so, um, when I started working at the school, I added uh, morning brushing to, to my routine, uh, during that, um, during that period. <laughs> Next, Carry your own pen. When you get up in the morning, don't leave the house without a pen in your puck. <laughs> they said pocket, P-O-C-K-E-D. Pocket or purse. Uh, taking one wherever you go will help prevent picking up cold and fly germs. And fly germs? Cold and fly germs? Huh. Uh, oh, flu germs. Okay. Which are easily passed through hand-to-hand -hand contact. Any way you can avoid touching public objects like the communal pen at the bank the doctors or the delivery guy will cut down your risk of picking up a virus. I do carry several pens uh, for different purposes, gel pens, ballpoint pens. I avoid blue or red ink. I prefer black. Um, sometimes I even remember to have a Sharpie on hand. So in my smock at work, I have four purple gel pens, one yellow highlighter, one pink highlighter, one fine tipped black sharpie and one fat sharpie and i am the only one who uses them because i work at a pharmacy where sick people come and we do have the communal pen that people have to sign saying they know what they're picking up and they are in fact picking up their prescriptions and i'm supposed to sign that paper as well i use my own pen to do so anytime i fill out any kind of documentation um, and I need them to sign something, I will mark where they're supposed to sign and I will put my pen immediately back in my pocket and they do not get to touch it. Um, every time, and it's probably not good because of how much it happens, but every time I handle cash, I immediately use hand sanitizer right afterwards. 
Um, it's one of the reasons why I respect people in the checkout lines that use gloves. Because I get it. It's not something you want to spread around if you can avoid it. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a carry-your-own-pen kind of person. Also, even though it was a typo uh, here where they say cold and fly germs and it uh, meant to say cold and flu germs, something to think about when you're at an event and flies are around and maybe there is just open grassland around as well. Maybe if you're uh, among horses and the paddies are sitting out or if there's a dog on the premises, uh, even if you're in the front yard and the dogs are in the backyard, like flies can fly over the house. And if you think that it's not a big deal for a fly to land on your food, you know, you you just shoo it away. Here's the visual. Pardon me if this is gross for anybody. Here's the visual I was given to take seriously the uh, problem of flies landing on your food. Uh, Imagine like a big, just messy, like for whatever reason, the dog had something liquid that didn't agree with him, a messy area of, you know, excretion somewhere on some lawn. Now imagine a single hair, take a hair, just pluck it from your head and scoop just, you know, however deeply into it you would like scoop with that one hair into the pile, liquid pile. Now, you know, shake it off if you want to, uh, but now drop that into a glass of water. Would you still drink the water? You think like, uh, you know, when, when, it, when a fly lands on your food, well, you, it's diluted or whatever because there's so much food and he only lands on a single spot. But think about that glass of water with the hair, one hair of this nastiness on it. Now imagine a fly that has six legs like six of those hairs and it has its little sucker mouth that like spits out saliva to help digest whatever it's on. This is what's happening on your food when you're not looking. So really think about uh, whether you want that bite that the thing landed on before you eat it. Last tip on this article, be skeptical. There are many products out there which claim to boost or support immunity. However, it is largely your lifestyle which will lead to an improved immune response when it comes to tackling disease. Taking a daily multivitamin is great to stay healthy if you eat poorly, but taking stupid doses of a single vitamin or supplement has not been proven to help the immune system and is not necessarily a good thing. For example, athletes who pump blood into their systems to boost their number of blood cells and enhance their performance run the risk of strokes. The problem is that there are so many different kinds of cells in the immune system that respond to so many different microbes in so many ways. Which cells should you boost, and to what number? So far, scientists don't know. You should primarily aim to boost your immune system naturally. And then there's an outro by individualhealth.com and so on. So this article, once again, was travel tips, ways to stay healthy before you travel. We're going to take a moment to stretch, and we will resume shortly. All right, we are stretched and back in the car because they started vacuuming at the student center during our stretch break. The next article in our travel preparedness extravaganza this evening is Five Ways to Stay Well on an Airplane from OneMedical.com Air travel can put a big strain on our bodies. Fortunately, when you're flying on vacation, there's time to recover. But if you're traveling for work, whether it's for an important meeting or a big sporting event, or headed straight into holiday festivities, you need to ensure that your body and mind arrive in the best possible shape. Here are my five best tips for staying healthy when traveling by air. Also, who is the article author of this? Because it occurs to me, I completely did not credit the previous mysterious Megan of Mapping Megan. I'm usually much better at that. We must be out of practice. All right, so I'm going to credit the last one to somebody named Megan of MappingMegan.com. This article was written by (laughs) One Medical. There's no author given. Well, we tried. That's the important thing. Number one, keep your blood pumping. On long-haul flights, it's a good idea to take regular breaks from sitting by getting up and moving about the cabin when you get the all-clear. 
walk a lap of the plane, or two, or head to the back galley area and do some simple stretches. A few easy exercises to try out include calf raises, ankle rotations, shoulder rolls, and neck and back twists. I'm also a huge fan of compression garments and always wear them when I travel. Compression garments work by helping to maintain healthy circulation and minimize swelling and dehydration. This is a good tip for preventing a stroke. Yeah, I have, I have heard that the um, compression garments really, really help when uh, flying. Um, I know that on longer flights, I certainly feel the stationary position more so than the short, quick flights. Um, and so I, I do enjoy getting up and just even if I need to use the restroom or whatever, walking just that little bit of ways, I feel better like with the blood circulating and stretching a little bit. So I certainly might try this um, in the next one or in, in our next flight to uh, Chicago with it being a little bit longer flight than just uh you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away. Um, I know I've stretched a lot in my seat, but the idea of like actually getting up and walking around is probably a smarter idea. The author of this article is Laura Sidal. We tracked her down. Laura, S-I-D-D-A-L-L. And in the previous article... Their names are Megan and Mike Gerard, professional travel bloggers and photographers with a focus on adventure, discovery, immersion, and inspiring you to explore. Our next tip is somewhat of a repeat. Number two, drink lots of water. While it's fun to kick off your trip with a glass or a glass of wine or beer, they just have glass or wine or beer, make sure you're drinking more than just boozy beverages. For each alcoholic drink, balance things out with a big glass of water so you stay hydrated. The same thing goes for that cup of coffee you drink to wake yourself up at the end of a long journey. Flying already dehydrates you, and caffeine and alcohol can add to that. If you're worried about not being able to get up and grab water on the plane, bring your own empty water bottle and fill it up after you go through security. Didn't they throw out one of your water bottles even when it was empty? Mm-mm. Could have sworn that that happened on a flight at some point. I must be mistaken. No, but we definitely do the bring your own water bottles and fill it up right before you get on the plane. We've done that a couple times now, and I think it just really, really helps and works. Um, for one, that you always have water, but two, I do know that I notice that I get um, thirsty while I'm on, when I'm on longer flights more frequently than um, I'm used to. So I like having that water. Um, I really, 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 really recommend not flying Spirit and not flying Frontier because they charge you for water, whereas the other flights will give you free water. So uh, there's a little tip or trick there, too. Um, I know that when um, I do a beverage other than water when I'm on a flight, I generally stick with the juices even though they're not necessarily 100% juice, but I tend to stick with those over the sodas. Granted, generally speaking, that's because the sodas have a caffeine. Yeah, the budget flights are interesting because you might save, you know, uh, 50 60 $100 on a flight to the same destination as another flight, so you think, oh, wow, this is, what, this is quite a deal. But then little by little, every little thing adds up, and you end up potentially with the snacks and all the things that you would otherwise get for free, uh, paying closer to the amount of what the other flight would have been. And uh, since we mentioned sleep earlier, you will probably get a better quality of sleep on one of the flights with more leg room, with reclining seats, um, places to put your head. Really weigh out all the options when you're choosing that flight because I think it'll be relevant to a few of the items on these lists. Number three, get a start or get a head start on time zones. Traveling across time zones can be particularly taxing on the mind and body. That's because our circadian rhythm, the internal body clock that lets us know when it's time to wake up and sleep, takes a few days to catch up, according to the National Sleep Foundation. 
As soon as I board a flight, I change my watch to the destination time zone. I also try to adjust my body to the new time zone straight away by staying up until the normal bedtime of my destination instead of taking a nap. And if I can't sleep that first night, I'll take an over-the-counter sleep aid to help me get some rest. Natural sleep aids like melatonin and valerian do the trick for some people, but it's a good idea to check with your doctor before taking sleeping tablets. Um, I've definitely uh, tried melatonin with you. You've taken them on trips before. I've also taken valerian root, root, and they're meant to help you fall asleep. They're not meant to help you stay asleep. So that's something to consider when you are considering taking such aids. Um, I know that when we flew to Colorado, I wasn't thinking time zone wise. I was thinking altitude. We liked to get there a little bit earlier just to give our body that time to adjust. I noticed that there was one event that I felt really jet lagged at and I can't recall what it was, but like for the most part, because we stay up that first night until two or three in the morning um, with the ballroom being open, then we generally just fall into that rhythm really quickly about, you know, staying up late and then going to bed and then waking up for the next day for classes and whatnot. So I do like to consider the idea of the time zone. So I might uh, take that into consideration a little bit more when it comes to the, um, like, for instance, our, sh- our trip from Vegas to New York. Because we will have danced all night long in Vegas to then go to the airport to then catch a flight to New York at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. So that one might be a little bit rougher on us than, say, just our, our back and forth to and from Chicago. Um I definitely know that I'm not necessarily jet lagged when I come home when I take a non-stop flight. It's the one when you stop and you have to like catch another flight that tends to throw my body off a little bit more because that extra little bit of waiting I think gets me more in that travel exhaustion than say the, uh, the jet lag itself from time zones. Number four, eat when the locals do. I also shift my meal times to those in my destination as soon as I can. A good way to do this is by carrying your own healthy snacks. I might pack carrot or celery sticks, mixed roasted unsalted nuts, a homemade wrap or sandwich, or rice cakes and yogurt. That way you can eat when you prefer and avoid the salty, high-carb and processed on the flight. Just be sure you eat what you brought before you pass through customs. Well, we'll definitely keep that in mind for uh, next year when we hopefully will have to be passing through customs. But uh, keeping in mind this year, I know that we tend to pack a few little snacks to snack on um, during the flight and everything anyway so that we don't have to worry about paying for their snacks. We'll stop and get a meal on the way sometimes depending on what time our flight is, um, stuff like that. We definitely tend to... I would like to say we tend to eat time like when it's appropriate time, but that also implies that we remember to travel to our local grocery area once we're at our destination and pick up food. So sometimes that's not quite the case for us. Also, dinner time can often mean no nap time, and that's unacceptable. (laughs) So... If we are just so beat that we need to take a nap when everyone else is uh, having their dinner break, we might then eat during the opener dances, like pontoon and 50 ways. If there are any dances that we know, and maybe we dance them the night before, we don't need to do them tonight, um, or maybe there's just one dance that we can sit out of and then three that we want to do and then one dance we can sit out of. All those one dance breaks are great opportunities to little by little get through our dinner over the course of like an hour. When otherwise it would have been like 20 on un- uninterrupted minutes. You just squeeze it in where you can because that's a situation where you can't take a nap in three minutes but you can have a few bites of food. 
Oh, and also shout out to my mom. Anytime that we are passing through Daly City, <laughs> let's say I have a morning flight and I'm dropping off the car in, in Daly City or something like that, uh, my mom will usually surprise us with some snacks. She's just great. Number five, say no to germs. In my profession as a triathlete, it's key that I stay fit and healthy. And I'm sure you'd like to avoid picking up unwanted souvenirs. Airports and planes have huge numbers of people passing through them every day. While staff does its best to keep things clean, germs abound. A study by TravelMath.com found that the tray table and overhead buttons are the most germ-filled places on the plane, while water fountain buttons are the dirtiest spots in the airport. I regularly wash my hands, wipe down the tray table with portable hand wipes, and avoid eating anything that has touched the tray table. I also travel with a small bottle of natural hand sanitizer for times when I can't access soap and water. Try these five strategies to stay well while when traveling by plane, and you just may enjoy the journey almost as much as the destination. I cannot say that we've ever put hand sanitizer on these surfaces, but that's a really good idea, especially considering we've used tray tables as pillows before. Something to consider. Even leaning against the window. Got to wonder who was the last person to lean against that window. And how much of their facial fluid stayed in their mouth. That was a disturbing thought. Right? Um, <laughs> I know for me, the first thing I do once I sit down and I've put my stuff under the under seat and everything, the first thing I do is mess with the airflow. I, I always like to have the air circulation on me. Um, it's one of those things that helps me because I am sensitive to motion. Um, having that extra air circulation on me helps me in the sense of like staying relaxed. And, um, it's easier for me to focus on breathing and whatnot when I know I'm getting enough oxygen kind of situation. Um, I used to travel with hand sanitizer everywhere because I had it on my car keys. Um, I, as a store manager forever and a day ago now, I would buy the little small ones at like Bed Bath & Beyond for all of my associates. I'd get them like two or three different scents that they can pick from each so that they had a supply during the cold and flu season. And I used to carry Lysol wipes in my in my purse. I have since stopped. I'm not entirely sure why, but considering what was just put in my thought process, I might start doing that again. Yeah, I used to have the little uh, hand sanitizer in the kind of vinyl or rubbery material with a loop on it, and then that would clip onto my backpack. But really, what we should all be carrying... Our fanny packs, because no I think I, I think it's time. No, they're retro now. No, we should do, definitely they're, do it. No, they're still awful. No, but like if you're if you're dancing, you don't have to worry about leaving stuff on your seat or under your seat. You can just dance with it, and no. then think of all the props that you can have for when you're dancing different dances. Like if you have, if, let's say you're doing hold your horses, you can have like a mini lasso stowed in your fanny pack for holding your horse. And John, if he's getting really rambunctious, um, there, there are so boots, you know, well, I guess for boots, the easiest prop would be just to wear boots. That one's, that one's less fanny pack necessary, but yeah, a whip. Perfect. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for understanding why fanny packs are necessary. They're not, they should all be burned. (laughs) I, I had two fanny packs growing up, I think. I think people need to look up the, the photos if they exist anywhere out there. Uh, I don't think they've been uploaded to the internet, but you should talk to my mom. She might still have some. Uh, first one was Jurassic Park. It was a raptor pack, and I think it might have been spelled P-A-K because I was that cool. And then in middle school, <laughs> in middle school, I had I upgraded to like this forest green with a leather patch, uh, like you know, g- adult fanny pack. So I think either of those would be great options for your average event, especially the Raptor one. What if there's like a Stone Age theme at, say, Motor City? You wouldn't want to be at home 
uh, rifling through all your things, trying to find something that's in theme when you could just as easily have your Raptor pack on. You scare me. Good. (laughs) No, to be fair, I think um, when I was about six, I had like a bright neon pink or green fanny pack because it was the 80s. That was a long, long time ago. No fanny packs. Well, I think it would be great for carrying your melatonin, your your eye mask, your uh, various anti-cold um, and flu accessories. And really, that's the name of the game here this week on Line Dance Podcast with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsoya. We thank you so much for listening yet again. And until next time, we will see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.